Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Yeah, welcome back to her tell. Okay, she's becoming one of our favorites, but that's for good reason because she is great and wonderful. She has a couple of our long forms on communism and on Machiavelli, her favorite subject. Make sure you check them out. But we're going to talk a little current events today. She's been writing in reason. Amanda Griffiths, she's back. How are you doing, ma'am? I'm wonderful, Andrew. Wonderful to talk with you and your listeners. Yeah, we love having you on. Okay, we got some trouble out in your land out there in California. Uh, you left coast folks do some funky thing. Let, let's just start with this because we're going to be talking about cryptocurrency and regulation here. I, I let's I like to start with honesty, right? I've tried, I've tried, Amanda. I've tried to understand cryptocurrency. I've tried to learn about it. I've I've honestly tried. There's people I really respect who've done really well with this, who know this stuff inside and out. They think it's great. I know other people who there's a little bit of an ick factor, and there's some weird, dirty stuff that goes on with this. Just start with cryptocurrency for the folks that just like, honestly, just the honest skeptic people. Mm -hmm. Tell us your definition of cryptocurrency, where you're at on it. I'll tell you where I'm at. I tried. I can't get there. I I don't want it regulated into oblivion, but I don't really understand it either. Where are you at on this? Sure. Well, I mean, first of all, how much how much do you understand fiat currency, really, and how that works? But uh, I didn't say it's true. Um, you know, I, I'm similar to you. We're all beginners because every time we learn something about cryptocurrency, Andrew, the, the, the market changes. Cryptocurrency, it casts a really wide net. First of all, you had this initial cryptocurrency. Everyone knows the name or almost everyone knows the name. Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin is a specific type of cryptocurrency. You also have various types of decentralized finance. Uh, you might have heard of NFTs, non-fungible tokens, um, <clears throat> sort of digital artwork. You might have heard of Ethereum. Ethereum is a completely different type of cryptocurrency than Bitcoin, for instance, because it allows creators to build various platforms to build other coins and everyone's asking well why do i even why does this even matter why do i care cryptocurrency initiates not just a new advent of currency competition where people who are in regimes with unstable currencies or currencies that they don't trust can exit those regimes exit those currencies and try out other forms of exchange uh, currency competition in this regard also allows us to really rethink what the way that we denominate value can mean. That's a very broad, very intellectual answer for you, but I'm excited for the potential of the cryptocurrency and what's called the Web3 decentralized finance space 
first of all, because of the accessibility options that it provides people who don't have a stable either way of storing assets or even uh, when their fiat currency isn't a stable store of value. Uh, and I'm also excited for the way that it changes the way that we think about how we express value. Not all cryptocurrencies do the same thing in terms of why they're valuable. So cryptocurrency, hugely wide net, and there are a bunch of different types. Yeah, Amanda Griffith joining us. Uh, Web3 is a whole different beast. That's like trying to explain the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe instead of just one character or even one movie. Let's put that to the side for a second because we'll really lose folks. I'll lose me. I honestly... Yeah. You, you know, this is your area of expertise, though, the relationship between the individual, the market, and the state. All economics breaks down to the relationship between the individual, the market, and the state. We're going to Reader's Digest this so even I can understand it and then you can explain it to folks. The idea between crypto and the selling point, you just touched on it, was, well, we're going to back the state off, and this is going to be more individual to individual and individual to market, and the state's not going to be involved. Critics like me, being up front here, was like, well, that's going to be okay for a while, but at some point, the state's going to come for this. And that's where we are now, where it was inevitable there was going to be friction, because when you set something up to reduce the role of the state in a currency you used fiat. That's another term you can break down. This is probably a good way to explain it. At some point, the state was going to come for this because there's no way they, they cannot coexist. They're going to have friction. That's what we're seeing now, like in California, like in the EU, like in other places, the states and the governments are coming for this currency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to a certain extent, they can. There are certain types of cryptocurrencies that can be monitored, can be regulated. There are other types like Bitcoin that really can't. But what is true and what you touched on, to be fair, is that when you have states coming for, uh, you know, going after cryptocurrency, anytime you have, let's, let's take it out of cryptocurrency, anytime you have a government, a centralized body coming in and saying, we're going to centrally plan this, we're going to manage what businesses can and can't do with this operation. Then what happens if you've got if you've got people if you've got a stock market, for instance, what happens when when the government tries to overregulate uh, the stock market or private companies? Well, uh, what happens is that a lot of times traders will exit and that will pr put downward pressure on that market. Now, sometimes there needs to be more trust in the market so people are able to say, okay, I actually trust that this is being regulated a little bit more. I'm going to buy in. But because with cryptocurrency, the entire pitch is we're exiting, we're exiting this other institution, this fiat institution, this, this idea of a centralized central bank setting the price or setting the value of something arbitrarily. When those same regulators come in and say, we want to monitor, we want to police, we want to track these users, that again, that's going to put down pressure on the crypto market. So anytime, for instance, you have a, hu a huge state like California, a very populous state like California, um, that is denied access to various types of cryptocurrency or cryptocurrency competition uh, and exchange, as there was a bill recently that attempted to do that, 
uh, you are going to not just have problems in California with California investors and what they're able to do. That bears on the worldwide crypto market because you are you are cutting off a lot of potential investors from the and potential creators, right? Developers from the overall market. You're cutting off infinite, really infinite avenues for innovation. We don't even know what we don't know. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. So that gets us to this bill in um, California. Amanda Griffiths joining us. This bill in California. Let's before we get into what happened. Let's start with what it is. I'm, mm -hmm. I want to be. We need to walk through this kind of slowly because there's a couple of layers here. AB twenty two sixty nine. This was a Democrat sponsored bill. Of course, Democrat has supermajority in California. What the Democrats want, they usually get within a few minor. You know. Sometimes the constraints of the law, sometimes the opposition gets a little wave at when they go by on things. This got pushed through pretty fast. What was actually in this bill before we get to what happened after the bill was passed, AB 2269, this cryptocurrency bill? Yes, AB 2269. So this is a bill that is very similar, if your listeners are familiar with, uh, and it's okay if they're not, uh, familiar at least heard of New York's bit license law. If anyone has talked about cryptocurrency uh, and how, how, you know, how easy it is to deal in cryptocurrency in New York, it's not great. A lot of it has to do with the bit license law. There are two main problems with AB 2269. Um, now, one of them 
is that it would have forced all cryptocurrency exchanges to apply for and obtain state-issued licenses in order to operate in California. I will break that down a little bit more. A cryptocurrency exchange is a, a platform, any type of platform, like an app or uh, a, a website uh, where cryptocurrencies can be bought, sold, swapped, anything at all any any place where you exchange think of any place where you exchange money any place where you swap different types of currencies you know you go to the airport you have a currency exchange cryptocurrency exchanges like that and a lot of times it's digital it's on an app coinbase is a very famous cryptocurrency exchange but they're also kind of smaller more niche ones and these smaller more niche cryptocurrency exchanges that are just getting their start are very often those places where uh, they'll carry newer tokens that are a lot more volatile. But before crypto, uh, sorry, before bit, um, <laughs> wow, before those major. See, now you're doing it. Yeah, How exactly. Am I to keep exactly. This because you got exactly. all these letters after your name and I can't figure it out. And look at you. Crypto coin, what? Okay. <laughs> before Coinbase uh, and other, other areas, other platforms are able to scoop them up. So this would have required all of these different exchanges to get a banking license. That would really kneecap these small exchanges because once again, you are applying to the state and these state regulators that don't understand how cryptocurrency exchange really works, it would allow, it would keep them, it would curtail them, cut them off from being able to get in on this game. And then of course it would cut off consumers access to these different platforms and applications. And again, it would cut off their access to yes, more volatile assets, but it would cut them off to those assets in those initial stages when usually if they're going to skyrocket in price, they do so during those very, very early launch stages. Okay. And Amanda Griffith joining us. We need to do one more foundational thing here before we get into what happened. California sure. is not a normal economy. California is the largest subnational economy in the world. What do I mean by that? If, if California was its own country, it'd be the sixth largest economy in the world. It would be slotted somewhere between Germany and India, which is remarkable when you consider sometime in the spring, India is going to be the most populous nation in the earth. Okay, Germany is the powerhouse of Europe. It almost single-handedly drives the EU. This is a massive economy. And to kind of go back to what you said earlier, California knows this. Gavin Newsom knows this. Uh, policymakers know this, especially policymakers on the left and in the Democratic Party. Worldwide, folks know that if you can get certain things passed in California, it has worldwide implications because of the size of California's economy. That's why things like their regulation of the gig economy, their regulation of crypto, this is not just a U.S. thing. This really is a global test case, just like as if a Germany, a Russia, a China, these other countries are trying to get in on regulating uh, cryptocurrency. If they can do it at California, it will have worldwide implications. Absolutely. And I should have mentioned, by the way, there is, I said there, there were two problems. 
uh, with with this bill, really, and the first is what we just touched on with that uh, that limiting. You know, you have to apply for this banking license. That's a costly. That's a cumbersome waiting game, even to be a cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, there's something else because there are a lot of people who deal in cryptocurrencies that aren't technically exchanges, right? These are like developers and people like that. Um, now. Even there, this the second prong of the bill that is so problematic, this uh, this uh, this assembly bill, would have banned all businesses not licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. You talk about a lot of letters, DFPI, from dealing in stable coins. And again, if you're not licensed by the California DFPI, you're not a bank. So big banks could deal in these things called stable coins and non-banks, these small niche developers, these individuals couldn't. Why are stable coins important? This is an area where I, I was initially kind of skeptical about you know, what, what's the big deal behind a stable coin if it's just like a dollar. Well, stable coins, and here's where we get to the worldwide implications. This stablecoins are kind of like a middleman. Uh, they allow exchanges and developers to convert tokens and transfer information. If you've got an, uh, if you've got a platform that holds U.S. dollars um, as an asset, which just about every every crypto platform does, uh, if they hold them on reserve. Usually, those dollars are stored in the form of the stablecoin. USDC, which is the digital US dollar token. It's pegged to the value of the US dollar. And again, stablecoins are pegged to these more value, or sorry, these more stable uh, stores of value like the US dollar. And that makes them a little bit more secure. Why don't people just use dollars? Well, partly because it's, they're easier to transact. They're easier even than a credit card. You don't need to have access to a bank to have access to a stable coin, which is great because there are a lot of unbanked and underbanked individuals in this country and around the world who don't have access to lines of credit and who don't have safe access to banks, who don't know that their money is even going to be safe in a bank. So they have been able, for the first time ever in history, to use things like stable coins that are essentially the same thing as a dollar or another type of currency to get in and actually have access to financial independence and to be able to buy things. Uh, in Ukraine, for instance, these things have been a godsend to people. So stable coins are immensely valuable all around the world. They're so much more secure. And again, with stable coins, this bill here would have banned any business that's not licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation from dealing in stable coins. That if, if you're dealing in cryptocurrency, you're dealing in some level on stable coins because a lot of conversions are taking place somehow through that middleman of a stable coin. This would have basically cut off Californians from crypto and, and uh, de decentralized finance development and access would have been very damaging.
Amanda Griffiths joining us. Okay, so that's that's a lot of runway to get to what happened. What happened was Gavin Newsom, current governor of California, who it's no big secret, has other ambitions, national ambitions, who is running a lot of media laying the groundwork because it's no big secret. He really wants to be president of the United States sooner rather than later. He vetoes this thing. Now, this is a Democratic bill through a Democratic supermajority that Democrats really, really want, and he vetoes the thing. But his explainer was telling because of why he actually did what I always tell. I always ask politicians, so credit here. He was very specific on why he vetoed this legislation. But the answer is not what cryptocurrency folks are going to want to hear, was it? No, it was not. This is another classic case of a politician doing what appears to be the right thing for all the wrong reasons. It was a surprise that uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, I, I call him Gavin with the good hair because he does have good hair. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, did veto this bill uh, that was passed by and, and sponsored by fellow Democrats. So people were wondering, why? Why did this happen? Well, in a statement, uh, Governor Newsom said, and I will quote here from this statement, that it was premature. Oh, well, why? It was premature to lock a licensing structure in statute without considering forthcoming federal actions. Basically, this is paving the way for more stringent federal regulation. Not only is Governor Newsom saying it's premature, and it's not, pre it's not premature to pass this bill because it might cut off innovation in the crypto market. It might, it's not premature to pass this bill because it, uh, it doesn't take, it doesn't acknowledge the speed and the, the rapidity of that innovation and the lack of bureaucratic understanding of the space. It's premature because we actually need more regulation and it needs to come from a more centralized body. It's a huge problem from a in foreign industry whose entire value add, whose entire pitch is we are decentralized. We're all about decentralization. And if you kick the can to further and further decentralized body, you're doing what any type of regulation will do in that regard, which is initiate central planning and then cut off that decentralized potential, cut off that innovation that can only happen when more people are able to do more things and have more choices. Amanda Griffiths joining us. I actually, in a vacuum, agree with the statement that he issues here when he says a more flexible approach is needed to ensure regulatory oversight can keep up with rapidly evolving technology and use cases. I agree with that in a vacuum. The thing is, is I can read. I know quite a bit about Governor Newsom because I study him because I do think he's going to be a political force in the future. He like we already said, he helms the sixth largest economy in the world. I have to pay attention to how this man governs. I know he's coming at that from the different angle than I am, even though I agree with him in a vacuum there. I and folks like you, even though I don't fully understand cryptocurrency, I'm skeptical of it in a lot of ways. I don't want it regulated into oblivion. I think it's an option that folks should be entitled to have, even though there's some icky stuff that, quite frankly, in a again, look in a in a vacuum, yeah, there's some stuff about crypto that probably needs to be regulated because there is untoward stuff and there is icky stuff and there is criminal activity involved. 
at the same time, I also know how government regulation works and you're going to get the baby out with the bathwater with it. Is there an answer here? Because governments are never going to stop trying to regulate this. Crypto's always going to try to fight against it. But at some point, you know, it does have to become fungible. I hate to use that term because NFTs kind of killed this, but it has to become fungible tokens if it's going to be used by the common folks, right? At some point, it's going to get into the area where there's going to be banking, there's going to be regulation, there's going to be financial oversight. And frankly, there should be a little bit of it. Do we have any happy mediums here? Are there any easy answers at all? Or is this just going to be an ungodly mess for time and eternity? It should be a bit of a mess, you know, when people may, but, but so is any type of market, right? Uh, now, when you have people who are criticizing, as as you did, and I think there are there are valid criticisms of the of the crypto space, um, and your and you're criticizing the the unregulated aspects of it. A lot of times, these errors do get caught very quickly by users because you're able to see, okay, this looks kind of scamish. You know, people bring up all the time the recent debacle with these two currencies, Terra and Luna, which were, uh, you know, ostensibly a, an algorithmic stablecoin scheme. Uh, Terra and Luna, this wasn't really a true stablecoin that was pegged to the dollar. You had one coin that was pegged to another coin that was sort of pretending to be pegged to the dollar. This was a bit different from something that's actually like the US dollar token. We don't have to get in the weeds on that. But the idea is that was caught with something with with the speed that is much, much more rapid than you say, you know, than, than you have scams in the stock market being caught typically. That's not to say that there shouldn't be any type of federal regulation, but what that type of regulation should entail is a lot, a lot of input from creators, from independent investors, from people who know this space and understand it, and who are able to give feedback, give input. It needs to be flexible. All I can say in terms of that is that working with various you know, big centralized bodies is not going to be the answer. Any regulation of this space has to be incredibly flexible, has to acknowledge the potential, yes, for fraud, and also acknowledge the potential for government encroachment and over-encroachment in this space that is supposed to be an exit ramp. It also needs to acknowledge the fact that to an extent we can regulate cryptocurrency, to an extent we can track users, and to an extent for a lot of cryptocurrencies, we can't. And eventually, I think there will be a reckoning that comes due with that where, where people will recognize there are always going to be avenues to getting around uh, oversight. And the question has to be, do we want those avenues to only be available to bad actors? Or do we want these avenues to be open to people who are trying to escape totalitarian, authoritarian regimes who are using this veneer of oversight uh, in order to cramp down on people's access, talking in particular about regimes like China here, Venezuela, where cryptocurrencies have been in, have been an incredible asset uh, in, in more ways than one. So when we talk about regulation, we talk about oversight, we need to ask ourselves, okay, when does that regulation also need to bear on the regulators themselves. 
Yeah, Amanda Griffiths. That ties into how you ended your piece that, you know, if you're regulating because it's not a bureaucratic enough regulation, that should be a red flag to liberty minded and freedom loving people. Look, I don't go as far as some of our libertarian things. I understand we need to have some regulation. I just think we should be skeptical and challenging. it. I think regulation should be like negative editing. You you have to sell me on why we need the regulation, not the other way around. That's not how we do it. I'm a realist. Where do you see this fight going next? The governor obviously vetoed this. They'll probably just turn around and pass something really similar next legislative session because this is California and this isn't going anywhere. Um, the federal stuff may be a while because Congress looks like it's going to probably be split or at the best, very contentious. Where do you see this going next? They may, although I'm interested because you did mention that Governor Newsom is cracking his knuckles for a presidential run. I'm intrigued by that. I do think it will be entertaining, although I've learned my lesson about hoping that people run simply for entertainment value. I'll just put it that way. Um, he's not but, unskilled. I, I, look, he's he's good on camera. He's not unskilled. You can say whatever you want. He's, per, he, you know, he's very progressive. But, you know, California people, people on the right reflexively just knock everything California does. California is a big economy. California's got, they've got selling points. No, you can't just write him off as a candidate. You can't. Not at all. Not at and all. And I'm not as supportive of his at all. I've been very critical of him. No, you can't just automatically write him off on a national ticket because he's going to have some built-in advantages that other people aren't. Some, although I'll be interested to see what happens when he starts doing national media tours and in terms of, in terms of the thermometer reading. Um, that said, where does this go? There is a lot of pending uh, federal legislation. Uh, there's there's a lot of talk on the federal level about what's going to happen with the federal government and, and regulation. I see in the short term a lot of fights going on in Congress about what the government can and should do in this space. I also see because of the inability to really understand and comprehend this industry, and I'm, I don't fully understand it. I, ver I understand very little and I try to break it down for myself. And in the process of doing that, hopefully explain some things to other people as well. Because of where I am and what I know, understanding I probably know more than many of the regulators who would be doing the regulation here, uh, and I don't know much, that to me suggests that in the long run or in the medium term, there's not going to be much effective regulation because people just don't understand what they're dealing with. I imagine that might scare some people. For me, I hear that and I think potential. That's great. There's potential for uh for danger, yes. There's also potential for incredible, uh, for incredible development and incredible creativity. In terms of the regulation, I, I've seen a lot of proposals. There are a lot of ways to get around various types of regulation for good and for ill, right? So I'm not sure how effective a lot of these proposals will be, but there will definitely be fights playing out. This will be something certainly to watch in the months and the years to come. That will, of course, bear on any market, uh, on the stock market as well. So people, this is something that people absolutely need to have their ear to the ground on and be monitoring. This is gonna be a major factor in any of your investments, whether you're a crypto person or not, it's gonna play a role. 
Yeah, and that crypto market swings wildly, and it's very susceptible to news, and it's very susceptible to politics. I got to imagine every time these regulation things up, that market's going to swing even more. And important people have money in crypto, which means their regular assets are going to get affected too. Exactly. Amanda Griffiths, uh, the whole piece is in reason. That's a good get. Well done. Congratulations. Thank uh, you so won't much. Return, won't return my calls. My DMs are open. <laughs> um, we're going to link the whole piece as always. Read it for yourself. Decide for yourself. She also has a lot of links in here like all good pieces do. You need to go through the links as well. Uh, we'll see where this goes. Amanda Griffiths, we always enjoy having you. Let folks know where they can keep up with you until we can get you back on Hertel again, whether it's on one of the long forms. We got to do another communism one soon. We do. We, we didn't even scratch the service on that bad boy. Uh, but until people hear from you again, let them know where they can keep up with you and find your work. Everyone can follow me on Twitter at Ajax, the Griff, A-J-A-X-T-H-E-G-R-I-F-F. And they can also follow me via my contributor page at Young Voices. That's young-voices.com. There's a list of contributors. I'm on there and you'll see all my latest work, latest media. Uh, and I always love to engage with people, get their feedback. And I love to talk about all this kind of stuff. So uh, that's where people can find me. And oftentimes on Herd Tell, talking with Andrew. Yeah, we're going to keep you in a regular rotation because you're great. You bring up interesting stuff. We will link to all that. Amanda Griffith, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's been a blast as always. Thank you. Now let me see you go off like a bomb. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.